The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday show. Trade talk today. Make sure you check out the trade chart on the website. And make sure you uh, find out how much Elijah Mitchell went for in your league. We're going to talk about that. We're going to give you our favorite buy lows, our sell highs, all the news and notes, and previewing the Thursday night game that nobody can wait for, the Giants at the Washington football team. What's the most, the, the highest amount of fab you saw Elijah Mitchell go for in your leagues on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning? I had a 58 percenter. The big 5-8. That's the biggest one. There was another one where uh, I'm in a league with a partner. We decided to bid 40 on Elijah Mitchell. It's a keeper league. And he went for 47. Oh, so my close. gosh. Schrager, so he went close. for the entire budget in your league? I'm sorry, Dave. I cut you off there. My bad. The entire budget. 16 team Naheem, league. Naheem Hines, $200 last year as well. <laughs> I, Lesson learned. I thought it was a really a quarter on Christian Kirk. I, I thought it was really suspicious how I tweeted out yesterday that it was going to take at least 50% to get him. And in all of my leagues, he went for between 51 and 58%, except yeah. for the 10 team league. And that, I mean, a 10 team league. That yeah. thought crossed my mind too. As, as I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help people with their fab bids and. I'm realizing that I play in a lot of leagues with a lot of people. They know that I'm on Twitter. They're absolutely going to use that information against me. Mm-hmm. But the, the best part is like half of our leagues now have Wednesday night waivers. And it's going to be so much fun to see what Elijah Mitchell goes for tonight. Yeah. When we just had leagues where we're all in together, where he went for 51 to 58%. So now how much are you? Uh, like if bid? you're desperate, what hmm. what do you what kind of bid do you put in? Well, I'm actually like you. If you're an 0-1 team and you're facing another 0-1 team in a league that is named after your show and literally everyone that's on your show started 0-1. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me. What are, you, you, what, what are you talking uh, about? No, no, no. I want Heath to answer this. Oh, 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 oh the Fantasy Football Today League. I thought you were talking about the podcast. The league. Fantasy Football yeah. Today League, I believe you, me, Dave, Jamie, and Chris all started 0-1. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, and yeah, Shrager. Shrager. There we go. Boom. Wow. Wow, I lost the Prisco. Ugh. Eat, so one bid? of us, one bid? of us needs to go get Elijah Mitchell. Right. So what are you going to bid on him in that league? Because uh, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm going to bid 100, percent Dave. You better bid 100 percent to get him. That's See, that's not funny. actionable advice. Our audience wants actionable <laughs> advice. They want to know what would Heath Cummings really do. So selfish, Heath. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm, I'm probably not going to get him. I didn't put big bids in for him, but I will say in one of my leagues, I had the second priority. I think actually the third, but ended up with the second pickup and somebody prioritized the Browns DST as number one and I got Elijah Mitchell so oh, what a that was a you. gift but you never know like I am I am very worried that Elijah Mitchell is going to be a one-week wonder um you know th- that Trey Sermon gets more work and and they also like they also face the Lions I know they run on everyone 
but he's a six. He's a rookie six round pick. He may not be that good. They face the Lions. They've got the Eagles this week. That's going to be a lot tougher. Uh, oh, I got a bid in. For, I'm not going to get him. I'm, I, I, I'm looking at my bid right now in FFT. I'm not going to get him. But. I don't think I need him. I think I put in a price enforcing bid. No, dude, oh, my running backs are Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. I do not need Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, no am, concerns. I am good. I am good to go. <laughs> Those are probably two great names to kick off buy low, sell high. Let's do it. Who are your favorite buy lows, Heath? Oh, I thought you were going to be my favorite for sell high first. That was the fun part. Uh, Who's wait, your favorite sell no, high, Heath? The, he's sell high. Yes, Who? that's what I meant. Who's your favorite Here's sell my high? question. Can I say Saquon Barkley? Yes, uh. I, I see where you're going with this. Go ahead. People, I think, probably still view Saquon Barkley as, yeah, he's a second-round pick. He was a second-round pick because we knew he was going to get off to a slow start and he wouldn't be 100% at the start of the year. How are people going to feel if they have 10 days to digest a second game where Saquon Barkley doesn't look particularly explosive, doesn't have an offensive line that can block for him and plays on a team that scores six points until garbage time? If we get to week three and it's Tuesday or Wednesday, and we're talking about buy lows, sell highs, and Saquon Barkley ranks 49th at running back, and he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry, and his long rush for the season is five yards. Are we really... Like, I think that Saquon Barkley's value has a real chance to go down in the next 48 hours, and that Jeez. you might be able to sell him right now for Joe Mixon, who I would prefer for the rest of the season than Saquon Barkley. You might be able to sell him still for Stephon Diggs or one of those round two wide receivers who would I, I would prefer. Mm-hmm. You might be able to sell him for a package that includes DeAndre Swift and an upgrade somewhere else. And I think that he and Swift are kind of a coin toss at this point in full PPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, what so, a downer. So let me let me... Ask you this: Sell though. high on Saquon Barkley. We don't so, expect. We don't expect. Wait, 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 wait. Are yeah. you saying to sell high on him now, and then after the game against Washington, buy low on him? I'm not sure that I want to buy low on him. Okay. Yeah, that was my second question. Because did you yeah. did you watch the film on him from week one? I did. Okay. I thought I there were. Too. I thought there were multiple times when there was an angle outside. Yes, yes. And, and he did he not explode it. towards it. No. He ran back towards the pile and fell down. Yep, 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 yep. I think the biggest issue is still the offensive line. And that's oh, not changed. It's so it's so bad. And so you would want a running back to try and attack the edges where there's no offensive linemen who are doing a poor job blocking, and he didn't do it in that game. That's something that I think uh, I think New York can correct that. And I think they can try and encourage him and draw plays for him to attack the outside. And I also think he's okay running routes out of the backfield. I don't think he looked. I don't. Th- I don't know if we really saw enough to really judge, but I don't think he himself looked slow or tentative. I think he still think had that quickness. I would use the word tentative because I do think it, when he was at his best, those plays where there's a wide gap outside, he would have exploded towards that. Yeah. And he did not do that. So so the question is, since we don't expect him to do well this week, you guys have him ranked uh, around 30th, I think. So he's a sit if you can if you can do it. Uh, you know, are you taking the stance of let's sell him now because I don't think he's going to have that great of a year, which Heath apparently is, or let's wait another week and then try to buy even lower on Saquon Barkley. It does help, by the way, to have a 17-game season 
instead of 16, you know, it's, it buys you, <laughs> buys you a little more time in a longer season. Um, so Heath, it sounds like you're, it sounds like you're saying get what you can now, as long as you can get a top 15 to 20 player, which is what you're saying, not sell him for peanuts here. And Dave, you might be on the other. I don't know. Are you taking a more, Hey, let's see Let's have a, a bad week too. And then let's make our trade offers for Barkley and see what we can do. Let's wrap it up. Exactly. Here. Oh, that's what that's you're what I'm doing. Okay. I'm I am risking that Saquon Barkley will not have a great week two, and that when he gets ready for week three, we'll start hearing about how the Giants are ready to let him go. He'll play more than fifty percent of the snaps. He was below fifty percent, I believe, uh, yeah, in week one. Is. I think it was right there. Um, so I I think they're ramping him up. I think they're trying to be cautious with him. I think that he's got some potential. I don't know if he's got the potential to be a first-round running back. So I think if you kind of think of him as, okay, he's going to return second-round value at best this year, and that will start happening hopefully as soon as week three, uh, I, I'd, I'd get behind that. But And I agree with Heath. Look, if you can turn him into Joe Mixon or uh, even Antonio Gibson, I think it's a wise move. But, I mean, I we could go down the list of running backs and wide receivers. I'm not sure if I would turn him into Calvin Ridley. Maybe in PPR. I think that's fair. But you know, DK Metcalf, straight up for Saquon. Heath, it sounds like you might be willing to do that now. Uh, I didn't have Metcalf quite as high as everyone else, and him getting outperformed by Lockett in week one didn't make me any more encouraged okay. by Metcalf. So, But like A.J. Brown, I would. Um, if, I, big, if I come at you with Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper and Elijah Mitchell, are you taking that trade? Probably not. Wasn't Metcalf better than A.J. Brown? Yeah, he fantasy was. points, yes, but not Tyler Lockett. No, not Tyler Lockett, but it's weird that you would take Brown over Barkley. I, but, I uh, had Mac Brown around ahead of Metcalf right. coming into week one. Uh, yeah, okay. So I, I, you brought up Antonio Gibson. I, I did want to yeah. just bring up something that I noticed here. Uh, Taylor Heineke has not played much, but he played against Carolina, I believe, in week 16. He and then started the, the playoff the game, and then he yep. came in last week. I don't know if you've noticed this. He does not really throw to running backs. You are talking about pretty low. I, I got the numbers. Give me one second. I wasn't prepared to talk about this just yet. But no. um, I can know. tell you what he threw to his tight ends last year. Here, I'll tell you now. Um, J.D. McKissick had two. Okay, in the postseason, in that game, 44 passes. Six of them went to McKissick and Gibson. In the Carolina game in Week 16, he threw 19 passes. Three of them went to running backs. One of them was a touchdown pass to McKissick uh, very late in the game. Uh, and then last week, we didn't really see a ton. We didn't see any targets for McKissick, and we saw, what, two catches. I, I don't know what the split was with Fitzpatrick and Gibson, but that is very small sample size, but not a ton of running back targets from Heineke. The only nice thing, because those all those numbers were about a 15% right. um, share for running backs, it sounded like to me. Quick math in my head. J.D. McKissick wasn't really involved in the game plan in week one. I think if, he was. I think he was on, in on third down more than they just didn't throw it to they him. Just didn't throw it to him. That's what Chris said right. on Monday. If as long as they just don't throw it to JD McKissick, I'm fine with Gibson getting 15 percent of the targets. McKissick was in on 14 pass plays out of his 18 total snaps. What about Gibson? Gibson was in on 13 pass plays out of his 33 total snaps. And remember, teams are allowed to throw the ball on first and second down. Yes. So I would imagine, and I can look it up if you really want to know, Gibson probably was only in on like third and short plays. 
Yeah, he's not the McKissick, despite not getting targeted or maybe one target, I forgot what it was. Uh, he was the third down back. Yeah. Uh, and Looks like third and two, third and four, fourth and one, third and one. That's it. So four plays on third down or fourth down that were short yardage that Gibson was in on. Okay. All right, Dave, give me your favorite sell high. Uh, I don't know if Rob Gronkowski is my favorite sell high. I'd have to think about that a little bit, but he's certainly one of them. You drafted him way late or you picked him up off the waiver wire on Tuesday night and he's coming off of his best game of the year and he plays a position that's hard to fill. I, I understand that if you had uh, Bupkis at tight end in week one and you had Robert Tunyon in week one and you just picked up Gronk, maybe you'd be a little hesitant to trade him, but you could field offers for him, try and improve your team somewhere else, and then just go back to the waiver wire and stream tight end again. I don't think Gronk is going to have another 90-yard, two-touchdown game the rest of the year. I don't know if he's going to have a game with even six targets the rest of the year. And we all know that he's one of the elder statesmen in the league. He could always miss some time. I think this is the right time to sell high on Rob Gronkowski. Would you rather have Gronkowski or Noah Fant? Rest of the season, I would rather have Fant. Fant. Okay. Do you guys have any more sell highs? I can throw some at you. You can tell me if you, what you think. But uh, up to you. Are we doing all of them now? Yes. Yes. We're not going back to it later. Let's just let's just fire away. Give me some some sure. rapid fire. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's a great any, one. Anything at all for him in a one quarterback league, I would be happy to do it. Did you, did um, you watch his film, Heath? I did not watch very much of Jameis yet. I didn't rewatch Jameis yet. Um, you're you're going to make that face that you make when I say something stupid, and you go, "Ah." I do that sometimes. It's not when you say something stupid. It's just when I am not sure that I'm quite buying what you're selling. I see. I, I'm not. I'm definitely not buying Jameis Winston's 25 percent touchdown rate. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm more, I'm more concerned that their defense is going to be really... Like, this week against Carolina, I think, is a very good indicator. Well, they're missing two I, of their best defensive players this week, though, so... I don't know that it matters against Sam Darnold. It might not, but... Uh, um, th- you know, their defense was kind of supposed to take a step back. It was a hell of a performance against the Packers. I right. was a little surprised. I, I just... Like, we thought... Pete, I think Pete told us in the summer, drink at him, that the their plan was to be more run heavy this year and they were very very run heavy in week one and that game we're kind of just throwing out because it was so weird but i kind of am afraid that Jameis is not going to be more than a 30 attempt per game guy and if if he's that then you're probably looking at a touchdown or two per week yeah and marquez callaway just completely disappeared i'm not sure he has a wide receiver right now can he still might be i'm sorry let's keep going keep going all right, we, we can talk about Jameis later if he fits in. Brandon Cooks is another sell high. Schedule I'm not saying tough. get rid of him at whatever you can get, but I think if you can get wide receiver two value for Cooks, I still look at him as more of like a flex or a wide receiver three. There will not be as many games in Houston where he's going to do what he did on Sunday. Jacobs is another one, although that's kind of obvious. Two touchdowns, terrible rushing average. Clearly, there's a split in the run game. Uh, we all saw it coming in the in the preseason, and I think it's going to continue to be that way in Las Vegas. And he's beat up right now, so that's yeah, an, already that's, ridiculous. Yeah, so this is probably that's probably my last true sell high guy. Is Tyson Williams is mine, and like 
I just don't, I'm not sure he's going to keep any role in Baltimore with as many mistakes as he made in week one. Now he could fix all that and, and have a great week of practice and be the lead back again in week two. It's certainly possible, but there were just a number of things in pass protection, ball security. He made mistakes all over the place and they've got a bunch of veteran guys who have no juice at all, but will at least do things the right way. Uh, so I'm a little bit worried about Tyson. A lot worried about Tyson. Yeah, Williams. I want to. I want to talk about him because we got a lot of questions about him. And I think the the thing that kind of holds me back just a little bit is he was a lot better than Latavius Murray. And Murray, you know, just got there, right? So you could mm-hmm. you could understand that. But Tyson Williams, and he caught some passes, you know, and they it, he was. Mar Jackson was standing there in the pocket throwing to running backs. It was a little bit different. Three catches for 29 yards for Williams. Nine carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Latavius Murray averaged 2.8 yards per carry. I, I feel like we all would want to see more Tyson Williams, if not yep. for the mistakes. And, and um, you know, maybe hopefully they just let him kind of learn from it. But uh, what would you try to get for Tyson Williams? Any Any player that I could start at any position. Would you take Gronk? Um, if do I have good running backs and no good tight end? Yes. Okay. Would you take Justin Herbert? One hundred percent. Love it. I take Aaron Rodgers. Would you take Leonard Fournette? <laughs> no. Hmm. That'd be close. Really? Robbie Anderson. I. I mean, I don't know what the difference is between Leonard Fournette and Tyson Williams. We don't know how many touches they're going to get in Week Two. They both have the ability to be top 15 running backs if everything goes perfect for them. Allow me to remind you of one thing about Tyson Williams, and it's the team that he plays on. It's the Baltimore Ravens. This is a team that likes to use multiple running backs. If he's not playing, who is? Latavius will be one. They're going to turn to Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell for the other. I suppose they won't make as many mistakes as Tyson Williams made in week one. But you said it, Heath. The kid still has some explosiveness that the other veterans just right. do not have. Did he say that or did I say that? I think I said he's got more juice than oh. everybody else. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, we agree. All right, let's go to the buy lows here. But before we do that, oh, your bookmaker, that guy. Let's get a leg up on that guy or girl. We've got you covered on the Early Edge podcast powered by Sportsline. Every day you can join Jonathan Coachman. I call him Jonathan Coachman on the Draftathon. He's like, hey. Who the hell are you talking to? I said, sorry, Coach. We'll call him Coach. Yeah. Coach and an expert crew of Sportsline handicappers to break down the biggest games of the day. This is the Early Edge podcast. It's 15 minutes or shorter every episode. 15 minutes or shorter. It's in your feed by 11 a.m. And Dave is on the Early Edge props live stream Fridays at 2. Dave is like the props maestro. So go check out the Early Edge podcast wherever you listen to FFT or on YouTube. All right, how about some buy lows? We'll be a little more optimistic now. Buy lows. Let's get... Oh, look at that. Look, Dave on the on the live. There I am. Same spot I'm in right now. Different (laughs) shirt. Same five head. There I am with the coach. It's a fun show. There's a lot of really good information. It could actually help you in your fantasy lineups too because you're getting an idea of what the odds makers think a player is going to do from game to game. And we go through a lot of players. So it's actually a lot of fun and it'll help you out in DFS seasonal redraft and if you decide to do a little prop wagering uh i went three one and one on my picks on on the show last week so yeah it was a lot of fun okay by low by lows any running back that was taken in round one who underperformed in week one should at least get it's worth a text message to the person in your league who's got derrick henry 
who's got Aaron Jones, who's got Ezekiel Elliott, just to see, hey, are you interested in moving on from him? Wow, what a crappy stat line. Can you believe Derrick Henry didn't score from the one on two tries? Can you believe that Zeke only had 11 carries? Can you believe that Aaron Jones was you know, barely used? Um, see if you can get them at a value that's lower than round one, because I think all three of them have the potential to deliver round one value rest of season. Uh, the Packers, uh, the Steelers are my, my just those teams I'm buying low on. Although, like, I think it's going to be really interesting for Najee Harris this week. This should be the week where he just dominates. It's so fantastic that he played 100% of the snaps. That probably won't happen all year. They'll probably run more plays. But, he, man, he's got to deliver some results against the Raiders or people are going to hit the panic button for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm buying low on Deontay. I'm buying low on Najee. I'm buying low on Juju. Probably still buying low on Claypool. I'm okay with starting Ben this week. So, obviously, in a 2QB league, I'm buying low on him. I think the Packers are going to be fine. R-E-L-A-X. Hmm. Uh, Kyle Pitts making some Dallas Goddard for Kyle Pitts offers this week. Um, I would also trade Gronk for Kyle Pitts, although in non-PPR, I'd also probably start Gronk over Pitts this week. And Mark Andrews is obvious, right? Yes. Andrews is one Heath should be going after in whatever leagues he did. I don't I mean, need any more Mark Andrews. <laughs> I, I've got plenty of Mark Andrews. I don't need to. That's uh, Also, Michael Thomas. Go check and see if the Michael Thomas team started 0-1, 0-2 after this week. Let's Couldn't you also Thomas. do that with the Jerry Judy teams? Yeah. I'm I'm less convinced. Like it might be week ten before we get Jerry Judy. Sure, I I totally understand that, but I'm not giving up that much for Jerry Judy to begin with. Right. So, it, it, if you're in a league where everybody's got four IR spots, no one's going to take you your can't low buy ball off. Right. right. But if your league does not have IR spots, then low ball away on Jerry Judy and hope that you don't need to cut him for somebody else along the way. What about Allen Robinson? Terrible sure. game, terrible matchup. One hundred percent. Pretty clear to see. That's an easy one to go and buy low on. Miles Gaskin is another one. Didn't have a great stat line. I think Miles Gaskin can have some big games. Uh, James Robinson. There's no way he's going to have five. Yeah, all right, wait, Heath. Heath. I'll let you get in one second. But I want to talk about James Robinson. I'm. I'm a little, the one team I'm not as sure about. And I said Pitts. I'm less sure about the Falcons, specifically Ridley on the buy low list. And I tweeted this out. This was a conversation we had multiple times through the off season. The Falcons threw the ball 54% of the time in a game. They lost 32 to six last year. The Falcons threw the ball 64% of the time in losses. Arthur Smith's Titans threw the ball 53% of the time in losses. Hmm. The idea like we kind of, and I just like, I started off in April really concerned that Arthur Smith would try to run the same offense in Tennessee. And then when he added Mike Davis and literally no one else at running back, I just kind of gave in to the idea that no, he'll just throw it 600 times like Dirk did. Week one was not an indication that they're going to do that. If they throw the ball below 65% of the time against Tampa Bay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be concerned about the pass volume for the Falcons. Yeah, it's just such a bad schedule to start for Mike Davis at Tampa Bay, then the Giants, then Washington. Could be four straight tough defenses to start, and he just didn't justify all the carries he got. Um, but yeah, so Matt Ryan threw 35 passes in a 32-6 to loss. That's a good point. That's pretty interesting. Um, James Robinson, 
you know, you say buy low. Would you sell Tyson Williams for James Robinson? Yes. Yes. By the way, they only ran the ball three times in the fourth quarter, and I'll get back to you on the third quarter. This is the Falcons that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, four times. They only ran the ball seven times in the second half, and one of them was on Matt Ryan avoiding a sack, it looks like. I, so their so, plan was very run heavy in the first half. In the first half, it was. And you know what? It was kind of a game at, uh, I mean, it wasn't a great game. What was it, 15 to six at halftime? So they were down a little more than one score. Yeah, I, I think they tried to throw a little bit more in the second half when they were down by only nine. Okay, let me talk about Robinson now. I, I just, I just have no faith in Urban Meyer, and I don't. I, I guess uh, the way I'd put it is: is he any better than the guys who were going around or two later, like Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin and Chase Edmonds and Daryl Henderson and Damian Harris, even going you know there. And then after that, you have like the Mostert sermon. You know, you try to probably. Trade I would one take of them. pretty much all those guys over Robinson now. It was right, just I'm saying, just Tyson Williams all that right. you asked about that I that I said I would do. Okay, but th- yeah, like we're drafting again today. Robinson's probably fifth or sixth round pick. He's where he was when ATN was healthy, <laughs> yeah, which is probably a little unfair. You know, he's not, yeah, but I agree. But Carlos Hyde got as many touches as I expected for ATN. <sighs> I, I think a lot of those. Were, <laughs> no, I think a lot of those are really late for Carlos Hyde, as I recall. Right? Didn't we do this on the Sunday show? Did James did James Robinson have a carry in the first quarter? I have no idea. I, I can just, tell you that Carlos Hyde's rushes. But came. he was in on third down. I mean, that's the thing. With ETN, with ETN, we thought that was the passing that we, we, we knew that was going to be the passing downs guy. James Robinson still had that role. So, you know, that's that's the difference here. He ran a lot of routes, and credit to Chris. Chris was saying all this stuff last night on the live stream. Uh, he ran a lot of routes, just didn't get the ball thrown his way. He had three catches for 29 yards. That's not so bad, but only five carries. Um, so that's the difference, I think, between Hyde and ETN. Uh, plus, you know, when it was ETN was there, it was Hyde and ETN. Now it's just Hyde. But any, anyway, I It was just six, don't... six carries for Hyde in the second half, four in the fourth quarter. Four of them came in the second half of the fourth quarter in a blowout loss. Right, right. I don't believe it. I think Robinson is a turn. So they were 50-50 until the second half of the fourth quarter and carries. I just don't understand why high, why he only had five carries in the game. Like, like Aaron, jo- I mean, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon had this basically the same amount of carries. Dillon didn't they have more carries than Aaron Jones, but it was a weird game. It was a blowout loss and we just kind of mm-hmm. throw it away for the Packers. I, I understand Jacksonville is going to lose a lot, uh, but I, I don't, I don't think that, well, I don't know. But my guess is it's not going to be an even 50-50 split in carries, and it's certainly not going to be in passing downs roles for Johnson and, and or for uh, Robinson and Hyde. But do you think it's going to be close to 50-50? I, I do not want to make any guesses as to what, I mean, before or after Urban Meyer. <laughs> He's going to be there for a while. But and listen, uh, in, in to sum it up, when you talk about Derrick Henry and Zeke and Aaron Jones and Allen Robinson – you're still talking about buying low on them and they'd still be drafted in the same spot they were. We're not downgrading them. With Robinson, you could say buy low, but we don't feel as good as we did a week ago about Robinson. You can't. Yeah. But I, I think that even, even a coach's you know, suspect as Urban Meyer can go back to the drawing board and say, all right, one thing we can do more of is work the run game and use this running back who, at least for whatever it's worth, he gave us three carries of six-plus yards. 
Why not give him the ball more? Why not design more plays for him? Why not take some pressure off of that rookie quarterback that just got freaked out by the Texans? And now you're going up against a Denver defense that's really good against the pass. This is a perfect week to try and lean on James Robinson a little bit more. I just, and um, best I, best I, I, I can just, tell. I think if you can get him on the cheap, I think you'll help your team out. Both Robinson and Hyde had one carry in the first quarter. Robinson had five in the first half. Hyde had three. Okay, so let's talk let's about. Close. Let me let me just f- follow up here on your buy lows. Would you trade? Uh, would you trade Miles Gaskin for Allen Robinson? Yes. Yeah. To get Robinson, yes. Would you trade Adam Thielen for Allen Robinson? Yes. I would do that as well. Would you trade Hawkinson? Well, no, because I already asked you this. You guys like Hawkinson better than Pitts. Would yep. you trade Hawkinson for Andrews? Uh, I think I'd rather have Hawkinson. PPR. I'd rather, much rather, I'd rather have Andrews. But I, I have too many Andrews teams and no Hawkinson teams, so I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's funny. Heath and I share the 10-team the podcast league team and i drafted mark we, we alternate picks and i actually yep. drafted mark andrews it's like just the influence of heath um would you trade let's see would you trade uh jalen hurt no you like hurts better than rogers would you trade stafford for rogers i think they're even i probably would all right we're gonna take a break when we come back we got a lot of stuff we got news and notes we got the thursday night preview no 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 no, no, no. we've got fantasy cops we got your grade the trades we got a lot of emails. We got Apple Podcast questions. Jam pack. We got a lot to do. Let's get there. Jam pack second half of the show. We'll be right back. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. News and notes, Raheem Mostert is out for the season. San Francisco signed Carrion Johnson to the practice squad. Nobody's adding Carrion Johnson. Added Carrion Johnson in a league this morning. Did you really? (laughs) (laughs) What league? Our fourteen team YOLO Dynasty okay, League okay. with uh twenty thir- twenty eight man rosters. Okay. Uh KJ Hamler. I look got- forward to you cutting carry on Johnson in your fourteen team. I have three times already in the team's history. <laughs> <laughs> KJ Hamler got first team carry reps. Out. So Hamler's gonna probably play out of the slot for Judy. Uh but would you guys rather have Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler? Patrick. 
Patrick, if I need a starter this week, Hamler, if I need an upside bench guy. Uh, Ronald Jones is going to start against Atlanta. What do you make of that? Uh, well, who said that? I think Bruce Arian said that. Yeah, yeah he doesn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> what does he know? Um, yeah, that means uh, it did change because I had Fournette as like a number 25 running back. And I dropped him back to 31 or 32. I still rank Fournette ahead of Jones. I don't, I don't understand. Like, I wish I could, you know, ask Bruce Arians why he would announce that, why he would say that. And is he trying to motivate Rojo? Is he trying to show that he's got confidence in him? What's going to so, happen Dave. the next time Rojo makes a mistake? Everybody knows. Well, it's, you can't well, trust Rojo. Yeah, but I think what Bruce Arians has, has said is that Ronald Jones has a tendency to go in the tank when he makes a mistake. So if I feel yeah. like he's trying to prop him up a little bit, help his confidence. Yeah. Because um, he said he was him. running really well before the fumble, and then he went in the tank, and you can't do that. Uh, and, um, uh, Antonio Gibson practiced in full. Evan Ingram has a chance to play. Some, I think eight members of the team for the Saints, mostly coaches, mostly offensive coaches, tested positive for COVID. Doesn't look like any players right now are affected. Josh Gordon is eligible for reinstatement. Uh, Raiders had a tough night, even though they won. Right guard Denzel Good is out for the season. And defensive tackle Gerald McCoy and defensive end Yannick Ngakwe may have serious injuries as well for the Raiders. And they're on a short week, overtime game, going to Pittsburgh. This is why we need the Steelers to just Really show they, up offensively. If they don't show up, the Steelers are major red flags. The Broncos DST takes a little bit of a hit. Ronald Darby, cornerback, goes on IR, but their next two games are Jacksonville and the Jets. They still should be started. And then how about this? The Ravens under John Harbaugh were four, were 81-0 and in the regular season when they led by 14 or more points until Monday. And before Harbaugh, dating back before him, 98 wins in a row and leading by 14 or more points. That is astonishing. And they lost. And they released Jonathan Cannon. I I saw another one of these great stats. Patrick Mahomes is now 9-2 and in his career when trailing by double digits. (laughs) (laughs) I also saw the Ravens gave up the most, the highest pressure rate in years. Their offensive line's not very good. Yeah, Villanueva was, was bad. Um... And I, I look, this is not uncommon. I, I read separately about the Ravens, the Falcons, the Titans, obviously the Giants. I mean, these are teams that just people, oh, their offensive line, the Falcons, I don't know if I said them yet. Their offensive lines really struggled. The, the Vikings had protection problems. And this is just a huge problem in the NFL. It has been for a while. And it just makes you realize players can succeed on teams with bad lines. I mean, yeah. the, the Chargers had the worst line in football last year, according to Pro Football Focus. So you should, I don't know that we, we obsess over offensive lines sometimes. It's everywhere. Offensive lines just, they're just not that good. You have one weak link and it gets exposed, you know? But anyway, end of rant. Rank these players rest of season. So I'm going to give you players, you're going to rank them rest of season in your, fo- in your fantasy football rankings. Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. How else would we rank them other than in our fantasy football rankings? Whose jersey you want? Uh, youngest? Rogers, Stafford, Burrow. I agree. That's how I have it. Another interesting thing to watch, like Heath, like what you brought up with the Falcons offense. How about the, the Bengals ran 68 plays. They played a full overtime. It was a competitive game, and they only threw 27 passes. 
I think Joe Mixon had 29 carries, right? Something like that. I think he had more carries than Burrow had pass attempts. Yeah. They gave him that work. All right. In terms of number two quarterbacks, rank these guys rest of season. Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston. Cousins won. Oh, man. I guess Ryan two, Winston three. Cousins, Winston, Ryan. We've, we've still never seen Matt Ryan be a good quarterback without Julio Jones. Saquon Barkley, there. Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson. Rank them. Mixon, Gibson, Barkley. Yep. Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What, Montgomery uh, Swift. <laughs> what was that, Heath? Again, what I don't even understand. Well, you're drafting again today. Would you rather have Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift, or David Montgomery? How would you rank them? Swift, Montgomery, Andrews. Okay. So if you don't understand, I just want to clarify the way this works: is these are your fantasy football rankings for the rest of the season? The rest of the season. Yeah. So these are like, like as a as a flex. Sure. Because it, like. My rankings for the rest of the season at this point would not consider positional scarcity, I don't think. Okay. I'm just thinking like flex rankings, how many points are they going to score? But I will try to factor in whatever you that. want. It's just your okay. call. Thanks. Uh Tyson Williams, Trey Sermon, Damian Harris. Harris, Sermon, Tyson. Yep. Terry McLaurin, CD Lamb, Allen Robinson. Lamb, Robinson. McLaurin. Robinson, Lamb, McLaurin. Oh, we got to downgrade McLaurin, right? I mean... Oh, yeah. Yep. To what? Low-end wide receiver two. Yeah, that's basically right. what he was. I think he was around 20th last year. I mean, he's back in the same situation he's been in the last two years. We yeah. had hope that he would be playing with the best quarterback he ever has, and now he's playing with the same quarterback he ever has. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder think, if this I think turns Heineke, down the aggressiveness of the Washington offense too. They might not be willing to throw as much. But I think Heineke could be a lot better than Alex Smith and uh, Dwayne Haskins. But we have no evidence for that currently, and, and he we has don't played. think he's as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, that yeah, that Washington agree. agrees with us. Adam Thielen, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans. Uh, <laughs> I love oh, it. <laughs> Sounds like Heath had the chili. Evans, Thielen, Chase. Man, I do not know. I'm going to go Chase, Thielen, Evans. Whoa. Chase. Woo. All right. I, it, I had at the beginning of the preseason, Chase first amongst this group in full PPR. So that's not like a huge overreaction. It's just going back to where I was. Back in May. Okay. Last one. Antonio Brown, T. Higgins, Juju Smith-Schuster. I've got Higgins and Brown tied in the trade chart. I will say Higgins and Brown. Higgins first, Brown second, Juju last. Juju, Brown, Higgins. Giants at Washington, Dave. You ready? No, 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 no. A couple of... uh, Low-scoring defensive games last year. Giants won them both, 20-19 and 23-20. to And uh, Terry McLaurin had good games, 7 for 74 in the first game, 7 for 115 and a touchdown in the second game. And that was with Kyle Allen and Alex Smith starting. So we'll start with the Giants. going to sit Daniel Jones. And 
I say I already said Saquon Barkley. He's about thirtieth in your rankings, but if you want to frame it, you know, as a flex, would you start Mike Williams over him? Yeah, PPR for sure. Would you start? I mean, James White's an easy call, right? PPR. I think I have Barkley ahead of White. I oh, think I do too. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm starting White over him. Uh, how both got no start, confidence, huh? Both Broncos. No. Um, there you go. Both Broncos. Okay. Uh, Kareem Hunt, James yeah. Robinson, Elijah Mitchell. I, I would start Devin Singletary over him. How about the Bucks running backs or Barkley? No, I currently have Fournette over Barkley. I that did before I really right. This was before the Rojo uh, vote of confidence came out from the office of Bruce Arians. Which, in fairness, almost every time Bruce Arians has ever said anything nice about Ronald Jones, he's not used him. So <laughs> Right. And look what just happened in the first game. Is Fournette was the first guy in. In the first half, Fournette played way more than Rojo. Do you and that remember was before the fumble? Do you remember how many nice things Bruce Arians said about Gio and how how the big role that he said Gio had earned? And he never sends anything nice about Tom Brady. But Pagio was coming off an injury, so I still want to see how that plays out. You know, we'll see. But yeah, you can't trust Bruce Arians. So, Barkley, last thing, Barkley or a Broncos wide receiver at Jacksonville? Hmm. I Man, I, I'll go Sutton. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go Sutton as well. I don't think I can be talked into Tim Patrick. No. As much as I like Tim Patrick. All right, well, would you start Kenny Galladay or Sterling Shepard this week? How do you feel about the Giants receivers? Uh, I dig Shepard. Love the 24% target share from week one. Uh, like the matchup in the slot for him against Washington. Washington played a lot of zone last week. Uh, Keenan Allen ate him alive. I think that you could see Sterling Shepard still be the target leader for New York and still come. I don't think he's getting a hundred and a tud, but I think he's going to end up being minimum 12 points in PPR. I'm nervous about Galladay. I kind of feel like I got to see it from Galladay first. I would start Shepard over Barkley and over Sutton in full PPR. Same. In non PPR, I would start Galladay over Shepard. In non PPR, start Galladay over Shepard. Okay. But they're what, number three guys? Or four? Yes. Okay. Three for me. Okay. Which Tim Patrick or Galladay or Shepard? Both Giants. Same. Yeah. I mean, let's give Galladay a little credit. I mean, four catches, 64 yards on six targets. Just didn't get a lot of targets, but made a couple nice catches. I mm-hmm. can't imagine you're going to start Evan Ingram if he plays. No. All right. Not a, not a great situation. And we're not starting <laughs> Taylor Heineke. And we're not. Are we starting? We're sitting I'm Jared, starting Taylor Heineke. Two QB. Yeah. Okay, so what about um, McKissick? Is a no or what? So the Gi- no. Giants, yeah, he ate up the Giants last year. No, he had huge games. All right, uh, what about Antonio Gibson? Must start? No questions. Top yes. six in my projections. Top ten in my rankings. Okay. Um, all right. And yeah, the Giants it makes just sense. gave like 170 yards on the ground, didn't they? Yeah. Well. They gave well, up. Well, seventy of it came a seventy-yard touchdown run. And Those count, don't they? they yeah, do. but uh, you know. So let me ask you: that How week. do you evaluate a team that gave up twenty-four carries for seventy-six yards, aside from a late seventy-yard touchdown run? Um, what do you, what would you say about how they did against the run? 
how I would personally evaluate them is I would put them in the 25 defenses that I don't think matter in my when I'm doing my that's rankings. such a cop-out. Like, what do, what do you <laughs> think? And that's fine when you do your rankings. But if I just ask you, hey, what do you think? How did, how did the Giants do against the run? They did pretty think, good except for that big play. Right. I think any defense that's going to end up playing from behind and is, right, you know, has the potential to give up a big play in the fourth quarter is is not going to be one that uh, I didn't I'm not going to say we saw this coming because this could have been a low scoring competitive game well into the fourth quarter but Broncos were able to just hammer them late grind them down yeah Gordon I, broke one I don't think it necessarily means that the Giants are a bad run defense I'm not I, saying that at all but I think that's a really good point the Giants could be skilled at stopping the run and still not be a good run defense because they're always behind and the other team's always just pounding them in the fourth quarter and they give up a bunch of points. And if it's, there's ever a team that's going to do Jones that. Daniel is responsible for the <laughs> fact that the Giants are not a good run defense. Yeah. No, I understand. Well, I, would, I wouldn't say they're not a good run defense, but I I get your point. They, they tend to give up some big plays in the fourth quarter. They did, they did that last year too. So Terry McLaurin, where do you guys have McLaurin ranked this, this week? Low end number two receiver. Yeah, yeah, he's in that uh, twenty one and twenty ish. I'd start AB. I'd start two Bengals. I'd start Higgins and Chase ahead of Terry McLaurin. I'd start two Steelers, Deontay and Juju. I got. I mean, would you start Elijah Mitchell over him? I'd start three Bucks. Uh, I don't think I'm there with Elijah Mitchell. I would definitely start Elijah Mitchell over him in non PPR. I would start. Elijah Mitchell over him in PPR as well. <laughs> okay, would you start Elijah Mitchell? Or, uh, then you're definitely starting Mitchell over Saquon Barkley, right? Oh, yes. What about a second Niners running back? No. Let's see how it plays out first. Okay. Right, and we're not going to know Thursday night who's even going to be active for the 49ers. So. Okay. Right. Okay, Logan Thomas. We haven't talked much about him and his value now, but Logan Thomas, starter sit. In two games with our boy Taylor Heineke, he had 15 targets, nine catches, and 122 yards. I am, I am not, I am not certain that he is the highest target getter. Cam Sims had 13 targets in a playoff loss, but he's up there. I I think um, you're going to see Logan Thomas continue to have that that decent role. And now we've got a quarterback who's not necessarily willing to just wing it downfield as much to McLaurin someone who might shorten those targets a little bit, and that favors Logan Thomas. I did downgrade him. Um, I would rather, like, I had Gronk behind him last week. I would start Gronk over him this week. I had Higby behind him last week. I would start Higby over him this week. The other one that's that's really close for me, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but um, I've got Cole Komet right there, too. And Do you have Noah fan to have him, Heath? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's like a top ten tight end, but not. Uh, yes, I don't. I don't know what the rest of my sentence would be. Right there with not Dallas Goddard. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm probably not streaming over them, but they're low, low end starters. Uh, I guess I got a little more faith in in Lotho. Which uh, which DST do you prefer? Washington. Yeah, and. Are the one Giants, playing Daniel Jones. Are the Giants still? Hey, he only had one turnover last week. What are you talking about? It's funny, though. You say that. Are, are we saying that Daniel Jones is worse than Taylor Heineke? In terms of fantasy? 
in terms of a matchup for an opposing defense. A matchup for an opposing defense, they're both pretty favorable for the defense. I think when you combine the Giants' offensive line and Daniel Jones and the, and the sacks that the well and the, the Washington, Washington defense get, yeah. is better, right? Yeah, uh, you know Daniel Jones is just something to keep an eye on here. There were some positives. Uh, he threw for the most yards that he had thrown for since week one of last year. He averaged seven point two yards per attempt. That's way up over his average in the first two seasons of his career. Also below average. Yeah, but I think Galladay helped. You know, uh, a little bit. So glimmers of hope. Daniel Jones is in my top 20 quarterbacks. So I'm starting him in a two-quarterback league. And is the Giants DST worth streaming this week in your mind? I had to, I, I'm yeah, desperate. They're on the start. streaming list. Okay. All right. So, Dave, that was uh, Thursday Night Football. No, 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 no. Fantasy Cops are back. Here we go. We're figuring out your league disputes, laying down the law. This is from Jake. I was down 50-plus points with my opponent still having one player left to play going into Monday Night Football. I guess this is Sunday Night Football. I moved Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby to my bench before Sunday night so I'd have the lowest point total going into next week's waivers, ensuring I would get top priority and Elijah Mitchell. My commissioner noticed and is locking me in at last (laughs) waiver priority. Should I be pissed? (laughs) This, this, you. I understand being pissed, but I do think you should have to set a full lineup every week. If you had somebody on your bench that you were able to put in to those spots, then I would be more okay with it. I'm dealing with a moral dilemma similar to this in my own regard this week. Um, but yeah, you should uh, you should, should be a little upset. But the commissioner is in the right to do that. He is. Wait, wait, he wait, wait, wait. Right. Let me, let me. Okay. It, as long as, but you're saying if he moved Cup and Higby to his bench, but I get it's pretty hard to imagine he replaced them with players like he did. Yeah, I mean, if he started Van Jefferson and Jimmy Graham, yeah, then it's then fine. I'd be fine with it. Right, but if he just had empty roster spots, if he, I'm not then, uh, okay with empty, like there should be some penalty for that. I I agree, Dave. We don't know if that's the case. But that's just he should, he should have a legal lineup. I agree with you yeah. on that. All right. But if he if he had no if he had a legal lineup, there should be no penalty. Yeah, I mean if he, he could have put rugs rugs and no could have put any human being that is well, eligible no to play. no it was Sunday night human it, beings it, it was played Sunday in the last night. four games of the week yeah Fine. Right, as long as he did that right if, but you know if his lineup it. is illegal maybe he should have gotten a zero for the week then he definitely then he would def- have yeah then he would have got the the first waiver wire all right one one move it on he already is he is one one. That was the oh, whole point. Yeah. All right, this is from a Pacific Northwest listener with the crying slash laughing emoji because last year somebody said Pacific Northwest and I was like, uh, Japan or something because I just heard Pacific. <laughs> so anyway, we, we play in a... I can't really think of my feet. We play in a 14-team half PPR league. A trade was accepted between two players in the league on Friday. It was Ezekiel Elliott for Mike Davis and Devontae Smith. Give up Zeke, get Mike Davis and Devontae Smith. We have standard uh, Yahoo voting where if one-third of the league votes down a trade, it's canceled. The team receiving Zeke was the 101 in our draft and already has McCaffrey, so they would have two first-round running backs, uh, blah, blah, blah. This seems like a lopsided trade, giving up Mike Davis and Devontae Smith to get Zeke. Of course, managers voted it down and it was overturned. Now both managers of the trade are upset because the trade didn't go through. One thought he was getting a steal of a deal, and the other user wants Zeke off his team. 
Uh, he just doesn't like Zeke. He had him last year, and he's tired of him. The rules were established and made clear to everyone to start the season. Now I'm concerned it's going to have an impact on trades getting scrutiny throughout the season. Should the trade have gone through, or would it be unfair to the rest of the league if it did? We need your verdict and second opinion. And again, the trade was giving up Mike Davis and Devontae Smith and getting Ezekiel Elliott. This is one. This is a good time for me to tell one of my favorite stories of my fantasy football history, and it was my first year at CBS, <laughs> and we were like week four, and Jamie made a trade with an inexperienced fantasy football manager, I believe, if I remember yes. correctly. I don't remember who it was, but I believe an inexperienced fantasy football manager. He traded uh, Devontae Freeman, who was off to a fast start, but no one believed in, and another package of like two or three other players. I believe Devin Funches was part of it. <laughs> um, possibly Victor Cruz, like several, several yeah. names for Jamal Charles, who had been the best running back in fantasy for the past two years. First round pick for sure. And people literally legitimately quit the league over the trade going through. They were so mad that Jamie would take advantage of this person. Two weeks later, Jamal Charles was lost for the year. Devontae Fre- Freeman finished the year as the number one running back in fantasy. <laughs> oh, that terrible fan, that terrible running back year. Do not veto trades. No, what, don't say no, stop. Some no, trades no votes. need to be vetoed. Not this one, though. Not this one. No. Hold on. No. Do not veto oh. trades. If it, if it needs to be vetoed, kick them out of the league. That's nobody just you don't have like an R not everybody has like an arsenal of fantasy analysts and employees who are just ready to jump into leagues. People need to keep uh, their retention rate high. This is not I mean, this is I would take the Zeke side, but in a 14 team league, there's not a lot of depth. I don't even think it's that outlandish of a trade. Mike Davis and Devontae Smith. Of course, I would take the Zeke side, but this is not vetoable. This is a D trade. This is Nothing's not vetoable. Before, before we won, this is absolutely a vetoable trade. You're trading a first-round pick or a first-round caliber-type player for Devontae Smith, who was like a round six guy, Mike Davis, who was like a round four-slash-five guy. getting two starters, though. I, Both yeah, of whom I know, but I don't think, Adam, if we had posed this question to you before week one, you would have said this is an unfair trade. I know I would not. I absolutely <laughs> would not have. This, is, this does not get into vetoable. If, if this okay. had been uh, Ezekiel Elliott for... Uh, for Brian Edwards and well, that's just collusion. Trey Sermon or something. Like then maybe, right. but but no, for for two guys who are going to start most close weeks. To that. This no, is kind of not close Mike to that. Davis yeah, and Devontae is. Smith. I don't. The know. problem I've got is that you're in a league where a third of the managers can vote down any trade. That's not even a majority. It's preposterous that yeah you know, yeah you're right. Team, a third of fourteen. Well, what is that? Is that five or four? Because a third of 14, you're going to get a fraction or a decimal, and I don't think you're playing with half people in your league. So I think that well, just actually, right then and Dave, there, there's going to be enough people in the league managers who are going to be unhappy about a trade. It's 12 managers because I, I don't know that the two who are trading get to vote. Now, that makes sense. So the two don't get a vote. Okay, who cares? Okay, Look, so that means, we all so agree. That, that Let just the means trade stand. That Let stand. It's no. four people can vote against it. But 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 no, Adam. We have another one. I think, right, I think right. that rule is right. terrible. Go ahead. The rule needs to be changed to where two-thirds of the league has no, to, has to vote against. <laughs> First, that works the, too, what no Adam votes. said was the worst thing. What did I it say? It was the very worst. What because you say? have a rule in your league where a third of the teams can veto a trade, and you're just saying this trade's fine. That We're going to overrule what the league said on this one, but we're going to keep the rule in place oh, in no, case I, there's a trade I that's I don't worse. agree with the one-third rule. I, I, I think that the commissioner... That's the worst part for sure. I think the commissioner I, should be able to veto trades that are... 
that are, you know, smell like collusion. Definitely or, give the power to one person. That would be. That, hey, Let's, you made him your commissioner. I've got a compromise. Four thirds of the league must vote <laughs> to overrule a trade, including the two teams that made the trade. And then I will. The usual rule in our leagues is everybody's adults here. You're making a trade in good faith. It's not collusion. So that's why any trade should stand. And if it is but collusion, if this, I don't think this is. I think it's a sucky trade, but I don't think it's collusion. Uh, all right, I'm going to do one more real quick here. Nick from a Christmas town in the Mitten State, Detroit-ish. I don't. What's a Christmas town up there? He's a Detroit guy. You can tell. There's a Santa Claus in Indiana. I don't know where there's one in Michigan. Okay, hours before it's 12 team league. Uh, hours before the Thursday night kickoff. The manager who took Devontae Adams, fifth overall, trades Adams and his third-round pick, James Robinson, for Ezekiel Elliott, who went sixth to our commissioner. Everybody's kind of mad because this guy took Devontae Adams ahead of Zeke, and then he traded Adams and James Robinson for a guy that he could have taken with his first-round pick. He simp- the, the, Nick says, I don't... Listen, Heath. I don't want anyone thrown out of the league or anything. We all work together and need to be cordial. Okay. But we'd like some advice. This is a tough one. No, no, it's not a tough one. Not at all. No, it's two people made a trade. If you're mad about it, make a post on the message board. Write a text to somebody. Yell. Tell your wife about it. That's all you can do. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Look, maybe he had buyer's remorse and he really wanted Zeke. That's exactly what it was. All right. Thank you for your Fantasy Cops questions. Email us, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and uh, put Fantasy Cops in the subject line. I got some grade the trade from the listeners. I want to get to our Apple Podcast questions as well. Let me do that before it is too late. Here we go. From Fantasy Kins, trying to upgrade at running back. I'm good at receiver. It's Dynasty. It is Superflex. What is Antonio Gibson worth? I have an offer on the table. Gibson for Chase Claypool and a 2022 first-round pick in a dynasty league. Would you give up Claypool? I guess he's giving up Claypool and a 2022 first to get Antonio Gibson. I thought he had Gibson. Well, he said he's trying to up, upgrade at running he's back. upgrading and he's at receiver. running back. I don't know why he would give away Gibson if he's trying to upgrade at running okay. back. Okay, I would give up Claypool and a 2022. Assuming, assuming you're competing this year. Because then it's not going to be an early 2022 first. All right, from Metal Base, who has the best long-term upside in Dynasty, Jalen Hurts or Trey Lance? I got eviscerated on Twitter about a month ago for asking who would you rather have, Trey Lance or Jalen Hurts. If Hurts the has a good game, said Lance, right? If if Hurts has a good game this week, I'm going to ask the question again because I think it's probably shifted a little bit more towards Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm I don't, saying Lance. I don't know. And this is a flaw of mine, but mm, I don't listening. know how a quarterback could have much more upside than Jalen Hurts has. He was a super duper star in college. He's shown us the ability to <laughs> he rush. He was for one year. He wasn't he, at Alabama. Well, how many years was Trey Lance a super duper star in the NCAA Division Four? I know, but but this is a guy who had a transfer. You know, like he. Uh, it wasn't that Yeah, he simple. had to transfer away from Alabama. Would he have had to transfer if he was at North Dakota State? <laughs> Only if he wanted to play So what's your answer? Who's, who has more long-term potential, Hurts or? I'm going to say Lance. I think he's he's just the best. Listen, I think they're both good long-term. 
I think Lance will be just a little bit better than Hertz. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to say Hertz. Um, and I understand everybody's going to get mad at me. That's okay. So what was the story? He he transferred because Tua was taking his job, right? Right. Yeah. He was fine at Alabama, but I mean nothing like what he was at, at Oklahoma. But but again, I I think they're like Trey Lance, if we're going to talk about what they did in college, Trey Lance played like 13 games a year and a half ago. I'm not talking, I'm not comparing them. I'm just saying. Right. Uh, yeah, like, you can't, you, you can compare them athletically, but I don't think you can compare what they did in college. Statistically, it's no, not going to. You couldn't. Hold water. Okay, last question from Apple Podcast from Fool's Karma. 12-team full PPR. I traded Jonathan Taylor, Kyle Pitts, and Devontae Smith. Whoo. For Travis Kelsey and Miles Gaskin. All right, he gave up Jonathan Taylor, Pitts, and Smith. And he got, yeah. I don't like this trade. I don't think. I Ke- don't either. Kelsey and Gaskin. He still has AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson. He's good at receiver. Um, Yeah, I don't know. D. D. Okay. Yeah. Trade chart likes the uh, Taylor side a lot more. We're going to finish with some rapid fire grade the trade. This is from Chase. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to give up Chris Godwin for Terry McLaurin? I'd rather have Godwin. Same. From Aaron, I traded Darren Waller and Chris Carson, ten-team PPR. Waller and Carson for Kamara and Pitts. That's a winner. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's close, huh? It's okay. close, but I like it. Uh, let's see. Jesse Hannigan gave up Darren Waller. Why is everybody trading Waller? Uh, for Zeke and Gerald Everett. That's a, win. That's a winner. Okay, from Trevor K, give up James White and Ronald Jones. That's get, a winner. Get Tyson Williams and James Conner, PPR. It's a winner. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, Is it? Uh, who'd you rather have in PPR, Ronald Jones or, or, sorry, James White or Tyson Williams? Williams. I I think the, the Williams-Conner side Man, I don't, I don't even know why anybody would make this trade. Either direction. <laughs> From it's like you, to, like get, if you, to get somebody with some upside, like you're you're getting off the Rojo train. Go buy a roulette wheel and just whenever you get an urge to do something like this, just spin it and guess a number and see if you're right. What's your uh, new, what's your roulette number? Uh, thirteen. Mine's twenty-five. Thirteen. What a sick! What a sicko! Thirteen's always been my lucky number. <laughs> What's yours, Adam? Uh, 19, my birthday. I, I'm a, I was born in the 19th month of the year. Trade Sony Michelle for Naeem Hines, half PPR. <laughs> I'd rather have Hines. Uh, Hines has more value. I haven't given out a grade in a long time, so how about they start doing that? From Justin, Aaron Rodgers and Jamar Chase for Justin Herbert and Michael Thomas. D. Uh, yeah, I like the Chase side. Ooh. Right, yeah. so that's that's a D, right? Yeah. Uh, trade away Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson. Get Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore. Cooper and Robinson for Ridley and Moore. D. Uh, yeah, that's bad. You should have held on to Cooper and Robinson. Okay, one more time. <laughs> this guy is a clown. He said to me, you look like you're good at fantasy football. Do I trade away Tyson Williams to get back Mike Evans or Julio Jones in full He PPR? sent me the same tweet. I just took it as a compliment. Why would you say he's a clown? 
I think he's saying, judged, judging by your Twitter feed, it looks like you're good at fantasy yeah, football. It, Can you please help me with this question? He doesn't know anything do about me. judging your looks? He doesn't know anything about me, obviously. Uh, um, Tyson yes. Williams for Mike Evans or Julio Jones, PPR. Do it. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Which one would you rather have, Evans or Julio? Evans. Evans. All right. Good stuff, guys. Good show today. Hope this helps. Go out make some trade offers, everybody. It's the most fun part of fantasy football. Make it happen. Tomorrow, starters hit for the AFC home games and a live stream Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Your questions at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. For Dave and Keith, I am Adam. Talk to you tomorrow.